Um, tonight we're gonna pick up where my dad left off last week. We've been doing a series on um, spiritual gifts. We've been doing a, a series on the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited because I feel like this series and, and studying this as we've been going through this the last couple months has really challenged me. And I know that as soon as we mention that, sometimes it's like this cringing situation that we're gonna talk about, spiritual gifts. But I wanna lay a foundation I think that might change our perspective a little bit tonight. So let's go to Ephesians 2.10 to start. You guys are rocking and rolling and my Bible's upside down. So, And here's what I would like to do as we get started. Here's what I would ask is I feel like a lot of times being raised in church, being raised in general, whether in church or outside of church, um, there's always opinions about the word of God. And sometimes our belief system can be completely shaped and formed based on experience, experience of family, could be based on a previous church experience, could be based on current life experiences, could be based on our act or understanding or lack thereof of different attributes in the word of God. And so as I prayed all day today, I said, God, open all of our understanding that we would see the word, the pure word as you wrote it to us. Let us see you how you are and not how our expectations of you are. And so as we open up the word tonight, as we go through this tonight, that's what I would ask is that anything, anything, if I say something, you're like, I don't know if I agree with that. If it's not in the word, don't believe it. If it is in the word, then study it out. Okay, that's why we're a training center. That's why we do what we do. And so I would encourage that you would go with an open mind and open heart and go, God, show me something new about you that I don't know. So that's my prayer for us tonight. So Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, I'm gonna read that one more time. For we are his workmanship. Okay, so we are his masterpiece. We are his creation that God put together, not just as a group, but each individual one of us is a creation of God. Uh, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're created for good. We're not created for evil. We were created for good, which God prepared beforehand. So way, way before God created beforehand, he prepared something for Shelby. He prepared a life for Shelby. And this was one of the coolest revelations I think I've ever got is that God didn't wait to see if I measured up to what he had planned for me before he said he had something planned for me. He planned it before I was in existence, before I was in existence, which means what God had in store for me was before he knew whether or not, I don't know if Shelby's gonna make the cut. That means he had good things planned for me way beforehand. That's how good our God is. That's how cool our God is, which means we have what it takes to accomplish what he's created for us, um, that we should walk in them. Now let's flip over to 2 Peter 1.3. And it says, as his divine power has given us all things, not some things, but all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. All things. Everybody say, I have everything that I need to be who I'm supposed to be. But sometimes we don't believe that. We think that we have to go find it or I have to get what I think I need to be who I'm supposed to be. Okay, so let's just have just a quick analogy. 
What if I said something like, Cutter, we're gonna go on an adventure. Cricky, pack your bags, we're going on a trip. What are you gonna pack? No, I need you to just go pack. <laughs> no, okay, valid point, okay? But here's what we do. We here in church, God has a plan for your life. And we're like, excellent. I'm gonna go get what I need. Cutter has no clue how long we're gonna be gone, where we're gonna be going, because it's always an adventure with me. If it's gonna be hot or cold or both, he doesn't know what he might need to eat if we're gonna eat. He has no clue. The only guarantee he has is that there will be coffee because he knows I would not survive without it. That's the only guarantee that he has on this entire trip, okay? Okay, with God, when we think about the exact same thing as God's going, I wanna go on an adventure with you. I have a life planned for you. I have you created for a plan and a purpose that's beyond what you can imagine. And you don't have to wait to see if you measure up to do what I've created you to do because I've created you for good and I've already given you everything that you need for life and godliness. So I could tell Cutter, I've already packed everything that you need for this trip. And Cutter would have to decide if he's gonna trust me and what I've packed or if he's gonna go get what he thinks he needs over here. And the same is true in our relationship with God is that we have the choice to go, no, I trust God that he's given me everything that I need. And the only way to find out the details is in my relationship with him. Or I think I'm gonna go get what I think I need because I think I know God's plan for me. And I think I know who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm gonna gather all of this and ask God to bless what I'm doing. Do we see the difference? Okay, so God has a plan for us. It is for good, and he's given us everything that we need for life of godliness. Now, a couple of you have a gift, or you should have a gift underneath the chair in here. So everybody check your chairs and then check chairs around you. There should be some gifts somewhere, two of them. Do you have one over there? Do we have a gift somewhere, somewhere? Okay, we got one back here. Anybody else have one that looks very similar to what Riley has? All right, check the chairs around you and steal the person's chair that didn't show up at church tonight. Oh, all right, we got one right there. Okay, so what are you guys gonna do with this gift? Open it. Okay, okay, but hold on for a minute. How many of you guys have been told that God has given you gifts and talents and abilities? We've all been told that, right? So you're like, I have a gift, but this is what we do. Sometimes we just walk around with our gift like this and you're like, look, God gave me a gift. He gave me a gift. I have a gift from God. Everybody's like, what is it? It's a gift from God. He's still revealing it. Okay, you get a gift to open a gift. Is it bothering you not to open the gift? We want to, it's bothering my mother. That's why there's not one. Okay, when only one gift was discovered, I went, there was another and she opened it. It's a problem. She has no problem with this portion of the message. She is an expert at opening gifts. All right. So in our, in our gifts here, you guys can go ahead and open them. Okay. When you're opening, when, when God says that he, give, he gave us a gift, when we have everything that we need for life and godliness, every single one of us has a gift from God. But we have to open it to be able to see what it is and to be able to learn how to use it. And in this case, read it. It's important. Reading's good. Yes, you get to keep it forever. 
Um, so it's a fantastic book. It actually will break down all the gifts. I haven't read it actually. He said it's a fantastic book. I got it today and I only made it halfway through. So far, so good. So I hear great things. You're welcome. All right, so you have a gift, but it's not enough to just know you have a gift. We have to open said gift to see what's inside. Here's what I love, okay? Well, let's, let's backtrack here. When we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it gets a little bit toasty in church. <laughs> Scary topic, right? Scary things come from this. Okay, there's two main conspiracies that we hear in church about the person of the Holy Spirit or gift of the Holy Spirit. And I just wanna take a moment to confront both of them, okay? Conspiracy number one, as Cutter and Oren would say, I had a bad experience, <laughs> okay? I had a bad experience. So, because, and I'm sure that's probably true. You may have had a bad experience with the Holy Spirit because anything God creates for good, the enemy wants to twist for evil. And so there's going to be a bad experience with some sort of Holy Spiritness somewhere, okay? So you had a bad experience. Raise your hand if you got food poisoning ever in your life. Excellent, so you guys don't eat food anymore? Oh, so in real life, we have bad experiences and get over it. But when it's the Holy Spirit, all right. So I'm glad we confronted that. Option number two, my great-grandmother or great-grandfather said that the Holy Spirit was a cult. a shame really. So we're never going to touch it. But here's my problem with that. Cause you're all hypocrites that say that. Cause they also said that cell phones were a cult. They also said that ripped jeans were a cult. They also don't believe in like Facebook, but all those things are fine. But the Holy spirit grandma said, okay. So are we all in the same playing field that those are probably not valid arguments? All right, cool. Just wanted to clear that up before we got started because I knew some of you guys were thinking that and yeah, can't talk about the Holy Spirit when we're afraid of him. He's a good thing. And now we're all on the same page. So when we talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay, he called it a gift. He calls it a gift. Like think about just that aspect that when God says, I gave you gifts, I gave you gifts of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is bringing you gifts. I'm like, sign me up. I want to know that guy. I love gifts. I love gifts when I know about them. I know gifts when I pick them out for myself. I love gifts when I don't know what they are. I love gifts when I don't know when they're coming. I mostly just love gifts. And in case any of you wanted to know that September is my birthday month. <laughs> and I don't celebrate the day, I celebrate the whole month. It really is a thing. So I told Oren, what did you get me for my birthday month tomorrow? Cause it starts tomorrow. Just a reminder, I love gifts. I love everything gifts. I just love them. Doesn't matter what it is, I just love all gifts. Okay, any gift lovers in here? Okay, the Bible is full of gifts. Like all the chapters in the New Testament are like, he gives you these kinds of gifts and these kinds of gifts and these kinds of gifts. So when we think about, and then, then we can get all really confused, like they're overlapping and I'm, I'm just, but we love gifts. I'm gonna break those down in just a minute. So we love gifts, but here's the thing about gifts. The first gift Oren got me, well, let's fast forward. The first birthday gift Oren got me was an engagement ring. I know I was like, 
how are you going to beat that? <laughs> All right. But I get an engagement ring. But here's the thing about that gift. It's pretty. It's fun. It came with a lot of responsibility. <laughs> it was an adorable gift, really. But then I'm like, I just signed my life away. Like I gave away my last name. This is a big deal. Okay, so all responsibility changes when I said yes to that particular gift, correct? There's a lot of things that change. I have like a whole new family I didn't have before, okay? I know, I gifted them with my presents. It's just the gift that keeps on giving. And okay, gifts are important. Okay, birthday number two, Oren gets me a horse. I'm like, keep it coming. All right, things are going, okay, again. All of my beach vacations went right out the window with that gift because it costs more than all of them. The maintenance is quite the thing. Like it requires pedicures and massages and vet visits. And I don't even get pedicures and massages, but the horse does. Okay. So this gift again was a wonderful thing, but it takes responsibility on my part to maintain that gift. Are we seeing this? But then I've got other gifts that take no responsibility, like coffee cards and those kind of things. I just got to go order. So there's gifts of different kinds. Gifts that are very personal to me. Gifts that my favorite gifts, really, like, have you ever got like the simplest thing from someone that you know was like so heartfelt and knows every fiber about you and you're like, I didn't even know me this well. They're a great person. Okay, those are excellent gifts. Okay, and so now, let all of that just change our view really quick about the gifts that the God of the universe that loves us, that created us, he would not give us scary, creepy gifts. Only scary, creepy people give scary, creepy gifts. And usually you re-gift them right away. It's legal, you can do that. I always have a re-gift pile. Sorry, I'm that person. So you never know if you're getting something genuine or regifted. <laughs> but, okay, so when you're, th when you're thinking about the God of the universe, he loves you. He created every fiber of your being, made a plan for you, created you in his image. He's really got to like you to create you in his image, okay? So the God of the universe says, I have gifts for you. Why would we say they're scary and creepy? And why would we live without them? Why? Do we think about that for a minute? How cool is our God that he wraps up this whole thing and goes, I wanna, I wanna gift you. Because we have no problem receiving the gift of salvation, right? I don't wanna go to hell and I would really like all my sins forgiven. So we receive that gift and we receive the gift of grace and we receive these other gifts. But then when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're like, ah. but they matter and they're important. And as any gift that we would receive, the gifts that God gave us are specific for us. He doesn't give us all the same gifts. Do you realize that? Look around the room. Hand-tailored gifts for everybody in this room to do what you're created to do and to be who you're created to be. Hand-tailored gifts from someone who really does know us better than we know us for who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. God has created those on our behalf, okay? So when we talk about gifts, a few things that I, I wanna just go over here is that all gifts are to point to God. All gifts are to point to God. 
None of them are for our benefit. All of them are from God and bring glory to God. Okay, but here's the other thing. Every gift that God gives us is for us and for someone else. Every gift that God gives us is for us and for someone else. So it will benefit me and it will benefit someone else. It is not meant to just benefit me. Okay, the third thing I'm gonna say about gifts is gifts aren't created for me to use how I think in the natural. This is where we get hung up sometimes as we see the gifts that God has given us, the passions that God has given us, and we try to use them how we see fit instead of how he designed them to work. So the gifts that God has given us, he has created for us to use for his good, to reach people, but then they also benefit us. They bring, they fulfill our lives, okay? Fourth thing I'm gonna say about gifts is wherever we choose not to grow spiritually and use the gifts that God has given us, we will stop short of the fullness of who he's created us to be and what we're created to do. We cannot accomplish the plan that God has for our life and be who he's created us to be and not use what he's given us to be that and to do that. Does that make sense? Okay, we tracking? All right. So throughout, we, and, and we, Lance started this a long, lot of weeks ago, is where this whole series started. So I wanna just quickly recap. That's how my, my brain works. I have my sticky note collage in my office that I've been working on with my message. But with our, our, the different kinds of gifts, okay, there's gifts of the Father, there's gifts of the Son, and there's gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I think is super cool how he just puts that all together, okay? Gifts of the Father. These are what are referred to as your motivational gifts. And I'll talk slow right here because sometimes I talk really fast and these are important notes, so I'll slow down a bit, okay? So these are what are referred to as the motivational gifts. When you take a gifts test, these are the ones that you're testing, okay? Motivational gifts. The gifts of the son, these are what are, oh, there's, there's seven of the motivational gifts. The gifts of the son, these are referred to as the five-fold ministry gifts, okay? When it talks about the gifts of the Father, it says that he gives to all. We all have all of the motivational gifts, but we will operate in a dominant one. Does that make sense? Those are gifts of the Father. Gifts of the Son, it says he gives to some. It doesn't say he gives to all. There are five of those, okay? And that's your apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. Okay, so those are your five gifts. Here's the cool thing about those. When we read about them in scripture, we see their operation within the church because of the local church, the corporate church. And those are positions that God gives to some. When you see pastors and you're like, I wonder if they woke up one day and just said, today I'm gonna fill out an application to be a pastor. Okay, not usually how it works. How it, God says, no, I've set this person to be a pastor. I've set this person as an apostle. These are offices held that God sets. That makes sense? And then all the empowerment to be that is there. So I know this is where it gets confusing. And you're like, great, I'm ungifted. No, because here's the part that that continues in. You can be a doctor and have all the empowerment that you need to be a doctor. You can be a business owner. You can be a lawyer. You can be a stay-at-home mom. You can be a teacher. You can be, so these are also gifts that God has given you that he has said, this is the passion and the desire that I'm going to put in them. And I'm going to give them everything that they need to be that. So just because I'm not a pastor, an evangelist, a teacher, a prophet, or an apostle does not mean I don't matter in the kingdom of God. You are absolutely called 
to a place that God has given you a passion and a desire to be, and he's given you everything that you need to be that. But here's the other part of that, is with that gift comes the responsibility, right? With that gift comes the responsibility. So the gifts of the son, that's what we do. That's what we do, okay? The gifts of the father are how we do it. How we do it, okay? So those gifts are where we get our mercy, our administration, our serving, our giving. There's seven of them. Serving, giving, prophecy, pastor, shepherd, and one more. Um, so there's seven of those, but that's how we do what we do, okay? How we do what we do. So that means, let's say you're a pastor, but then also this person's a pastor. That's what they do, correct? That is the call that God has put on their life. But this one scores high in mercy on the motivational test. This one scores high in administration. So do we see how the specific gifts that God has given them, this is now what I do, this is now how it flows through me. Is this making sense? So now specifically, God is gonna have those people where he needs them to be, all of us in this room, have what we do, all of us in this room have how we do it, whether we've opened the package or not. Everyone in here. Now the third set of gifts, and this is what we're gonna get into tonight. My dad went through the first three last week, but the third set of gifts, these are what are referred to as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, again, these are gifts that we all have access to, okay? These are gifts that we can all use in our life, but here's the difference with these, is that it's not, this is your dominant gift that's permanently attached to you. What this is, is the Holy Spirit works as he wills. So as we are growing with our relationship with Christ, and we're growing in our relationship with the Lord, and we're going, God, I'm being to the best of my ability who you've created me to be because of my connection with you. Okay, our gift does not work outside of a connection with God. That's vital. So I'm being, and I know I'm administrative, and I know that, that I'm a teacher, and I know prophecy or whatever your motivational gifts may be. Okay, so I'm using those to be who I'm supposed to be. That's how I'm doing it, and that's what I'm doing. Now, as I'm connected to the Father and walking and then living a Spirit-led life, meaning I have a prayer life, I have a word life, that's how we stay connected to a Spirit-led life. It is not 24-7 podcast. Okay, those are important, but faith does not come by hearing podcast. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So it's important that we have a personal relationship, that I have a personal prayer life and I have a personal word life. And as I'm walking this out, then the spirit led part comes because now I'm positioning myself to hear the voice of God and I'm positioning myself to do in my daily doings what the spirit wills through me, okay? This does not make you a puppet. This does not make you a robot because I'm gonna break a couple of these down a little bit. When, when we talk about one of my favorites is discerning of spirits. Again, that sounds scary, but here's really what that means. That means in my daily life, I'm out and about. Orin and I are just living life and we go somewhere and something makes me flat sick. This atmosphere is not okay. I don't have to know what's wrong, but that's the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, mm-mm, right? So I stop, I don't go there, I leave there. There's been times that I've been in movie theaters where we're watching a movie and all of a sudden I'm like, mm, this isn't right. Something behind this is not, the movie could be fine. There's something not okay, not okay. And so I have that 
I walk out of the movie. There's places I go different. And so that's just living life. But because I'm living a life sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, then do you see how I'm able to discern there's some spiritual condition attached to this that does not resonate with the Holy Spirit inside me because he's holy. So do we see how that works in our normal daily living? So now if I'm trying to be who I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to be that, but I'm completely disconnected from the word and I'm disconnected to a relationship with God, then I will find myself in environments and situations that will take me out and sabotage the gift that God has given me because I'm trying to use it on my own instead of use it how God has created me to use it, which is connected to him. Okay. Um, a kind of a biblical picture of this could be something like when we look at Joseph and we look that his father gave him a gift, right? Everybody tracking what gift did his dad give him? The coat of many colors. So his dad gave him a gift. This gift caused some ought with his brothers, right? No problem. Sometimes we're going to have a gift and it offends other people. Okay. But Joseph operated on his own and in an attitude of pride to then, not only am I the favorite because I'm wearing this cool coat, but God gave me a dream that you're all going to worship me. And then God gave me another dream that you're going to worship me all over again and the sun and the moon and the stars. Okay, that's a misuse of what God has given him, right? So then what happened? When he was thrown in a pit, what did his brothers take? Hmm. So it was taken by the environment that he was in and the people that he was surrounded by, not revoked by his father because he compromised the gift that he was given and mishandled it. It was taken from him. It wasn't that his dad took it back and said, you're no longer my favorite. Do we see that parallel there? So when I have a gift from God, I want to handle that gift. I want to steward that gift. I want to value that gift to go, God, I want to use this how you've created it to be used in my life. And if you've given it to me, it means I need it. And so I want to unwrap it and I want to find out what it actually is and what your purpose is behind it. So the gifts that God has given us, guys, they're valuable, but they set us up to be able to be who he's created us to be and accomplish what he's called us to accomplish. But it has to be from a lifestyle that's connected to him. The other thing that it has to do is I have to take off my blinders of what my theology has become based on experience and go, God, I want to see you and reveal yourself in a new way to me every single day because your word is living and you are living, which means I should not be getting the same thing over and over and over and over. And it just become dead religion in my life because we don't serve a God of religion. We serve a God of life and his gifts bring life and they bring life to the people around us. And so um, with those gifts, so now we understand we have a gift that's what we do, how we do it. And then we have these super cool gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these are the ones that flow through us constantly. And this does not matter if you are in church, if you are outside, if you are a doctor, then in the doctor's office, these gifts can flow through you throughout your day. If you are trucking, these gifts can throw, flow through you. If you're a stay-at-home mom, these gifts can flow through you. Whatever you're doing, these gifts can flow as the Holy Spirit wills, but only if we're willing to listen to the Holy Spirit. Only if we're willing to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. All right, so um, three categories. In the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's nine total, and there's three categories of them. There's the revelatory gifts, and these reveal something. There's the verbal gifts, 
and these say something. And there's the power gifts and these do something. And the picture that kind of came in my mind when I'm going through all of these gifts is I go, I think about Iron Man. Okay, I don't love Marvel movies or whatever, but I think of Iron Man, okay? So Iron Man, he gets in this suit, right? Iron Man does something. He has what he does, right? He has how he's gonna do it. He has the specific superhero stuff. But then what I really like, and in any superhero movie, but they get into different situations and there's different powers they suddenly get. Like they freak out and all of a sudden they're like, freezes everybody or they, I don't know, elastic girl. She just becomes elastic one day and that's cool. So, but in different situations that they're in, these different superpowers start happening, right? So they, and sometimes they're like shocked, like, well, hey, who'd have thunk it, right? This is super cool. I didn't know I could do that. Well, they find out. This is what I think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that, okay, I know who I'm called to be. I'm doing it how I know I operate with the gifts that, that God has given me, the gifts of the Father. But then it's super cool because I get in these situations and stuff happens and I'm like, huh, who'd have thunk it? I didn't know I could do that, right? But why? Because I'm just connected to the source. And regardless of what situation I'm in, these different things are happening and it's the coolest thing ever because I'm connected to who I'm supposed to be connected to. And now God is being glorified and I'm super like excited because that just happened and they're super excited because that just happened and we're all just super excited. And that's how life walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit works. So the first three, so the revelatory gifts, these are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Those my dad taught on last week, so I'm not even gonna recap those. I'm gonna let you go listen to last week's message if you missed it, okay? This week, we're talking about verbal gifts, so gifts that say something, okay? And keeping in mind, these are the ones that flow through us as the Spirit wills, okay? As the Spirit wills, these things will flow, which means we can all operate in all of these at different times, but we've gotta be connected to the Holy Spirit. I can't say, summon my prophecy powers. It's not gonna happen, okay? It's not gonna happen, no matter how hard I try. And I can't suddenly decide, I think today I'm gonna prophesy over Leo. It's not gonna happen, okay? As the Spirit wills, but I've gotta be connected and be sensitive. So then you don't have to try. Because I'm walking in my relationship with God, I just know I'm supposed to tell Lindsay this, and I know that I'm supposed to do this for Cutter, and I know that I'm supposed to, whatever it is, you just do life. And it's just normal life. That's spirit-filled living. That's the fun of it, okay? It's beyond our natural, supernatural gifts. That's what this category is. Okay, so verbal gifts. It's the gift of prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, okay? Those are the three verbal gifts. Prophecy, the first one. So let's talk about that for a minute. We always got to confront the conspiracies about all of these. Okay, prophecy, when we think that, well, let's just read about it really quick first. First Corinthians 12. And we're gonna start in verse four. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in all. 
The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For the profit of all. So this isn't just the profit of me. The Holy Spirit working through me should profit everyone around me. And so if all of us are profiting, everyone around us will be spiritually rich in no time. Okay? For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So that means that the Holy Spirit doesn't wake up each day and go, today I choose prophecy. Everyone's gonna prophesy. No, because we're walking in relationship with him and we have a personal relationship with him. Then he goes, in Terry's situation today, she's gonna need. In Lindsay's situation today, she's gonna need. In Kenny's situation today, he's gonna need. And as he wills individually, as they're connected, doing life, the Holy Spirit will flow through them to the profit of all that are around them. How cool. Like, what a cool God. Like, we thought superheroes were cool, and I'm like, they should be God. So cool, okay? And now, let's go over to chapter 14. And it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Okay, that word desire in the Greek, just fun side note, means to seek until attained and in operation in your life to seek until attain. So I desire the gifts that God has for me so much that I'm not gonna stop seeking them until I attain them and I see them in operation in my life. Because if God made them available, then I'm gonna keep unwrapping and unwrapping and unwrapping and read their instruction manual until I know exactly how these are supposed to be used. And then I'm gonna steward them. So how cool that he gave us these, okay? Um, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies this church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Okay, so do we see how important prophecy is in this right here? Okay, here's the misconception about prophecy. Prophecy freaks us out because I don't want someone in my business. And I definitely don't need a holy roller telling me what I'm doing wrong and what I'm doing right. And usually when we think of prophecy, that's what we get, is I get nervous to even go to church because I'm just gonna be given the what for. And I don't, I don't want that. I don't want people in my business. I don't want judged. I don't want criticized. I understand I'm not perfect and I don't need someone to tell me. And that's usually the idea we get of prophecy. The other idea that we get of prophecy is that, well, I don't actually know how to prophesy because aren't those, those cool people from the Old Testament um, that say all of the things coming? Um, I don't know what tomorrow looks like and I really don't feel like telling someone what the next 10 years of their life looks like. Another misconception of prophecy. Third misconception of prophecy is they're the people that are just black and white gonna give you truth and not care about your soul. That's a misuse of prophecy, okay? 
that none of those things are true about prophecy, okay? So I wanna clear that up as we start here. Three things it says about prophecy right here. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's the purpose of prophecy. Okay, here's the other cool thing. Prophets in the Old Testament, yes, they hold the same name, but remember when we talked about gifts of the son and prophet was one of the fivefold ministry gifts? Okay, the office of a prophet actually operates in a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge, not this prophecy. Pretty cool, right? That's what they operated in then to tell you, hey, this is what's coming. Or, hey, this is what I know and I can only know that by the inspiration of God. Okay, so we see that Jesus came, he operated as a prophet. But do we see how Jesus was never this? Because the first line here before prophecy is it says pursue love. The two things that are always in effect when we're using our gifts is love and unity. If it causes division or if it's not in love, someone's operating in the flesh and that is a bad experience. So we don't wanna do that, love and unity. So prophecy edification, exhortation, and comfort. So what do those mean? Okay, edification, to build up. Has anybody ever, anyone in this room, ever had someone walk up to you and build you up in a way that lined up with who you were in Christ, something you were facing, something you were going through, but lined up, and it was just that word of encouragement that you're like, well, shucks, right? Okay, who in here has ever had that? Where you're like, yeah. Okay, you've experienced the gift of prophecy. You've experienced it. If you have ever been in a situation where you were walking through, doing something, going on with life, and you're like, I feel like I'm supposed to say something and encourage here. You've experienced the gift of prophecy. See, here's the thing about these gifts is most of us have experienced them and been encountering them in life. We just don't know it. We just don't have a label on them. Okay, so it like totally takes the everybody to go, oh, they're not as scary as I thought, okay? So prophecy is a good thing. So it's to it's build these up. So to edify, it illuminates what God is doing in your life, what God is building. So prophecy used how God created it to be used is basically, if you were to sum up what you've been told, it really means God just really loves what he's doing in you. See how refreshing that is? That's how God designed prophecy. That's a good thing. And we want that. We want it. And then do you see how when you're able to tell someone that, you're like, oh, that felt really good. But then the recipient, you're like, oh, that felt really good. Do you see how it profited all? And it's just God speaking through you in your normal day to someone else. Prophecy. Super simple, right? All right. Um, exhortation. This one is super cool to me. So remember when God sent the Holy Spirit and, it, and he said that he would also be our counselor. And then God, one of the descriptions of God is that he is mighty counselor. Okay, exhortation is supernatural counsel from God. Supernatural counsel from God. I need a lot of counsel in life. <laughs> I feel like it's important. <laughs> In the Bible, you read through Proverbs and it'll tell you over and over and over and over and over again how important godly counsel really is in life, okay? It's supernatural counsel. And so the other part of prophecy here is that, man, they just knew 
exactly what to say to help me in my situation. It's not someone's opinion. It's not preaching at you. It's just counsel directly from God. How many of you guys go, I would love for God to be my counselor? <laughs> okay, he is. One, we have access to the person of the Holy Spirit, so we have access to that counsel. But sometimes it's really important for us to get that counsel from someone that we just hear, that, that not necessarily from the person, but go, man, that's just really important for me to hear right now. That was really helpful in my decision. That was really helpful because here's what prophecy won't do. In that counsel, this prophecy will not give you a specific direction. You need to move to Guam in five years. Okay, that's not prophecy. It may be something like, you know, see maybe a change of zip code or something. Only you know what that means. Maybe that's a spiritual zip code. Maybe that's a physical zip code. We don't know what that is, but that you will, as a recipient, that'll confirm something in you because it's counsel from God. But it won't be, you need to do this in exactly five years and it's exactly this place. And it's that's between you and God. That's where you get specifics. That's not someone else's business. So if someone else is giving you specifics, they're not prophesying to you. They're being creepy. Regift creepy gifts. Okay, no creepy gifts. Okay, the other thing that we need to watch with, with this, with, with uh, prophecy, is that if someone tells you something that doesn't bring confirmation, run it through the confirmation filter. Like, that does not bring any confirmation to my life. That does not bring peace. That actually brings a lot of confusion. Confusion will never be from God. Discouragement will never be from God. Humiliation will never be from God. So if anyone prophesying to you makes you feel any of those ways, it's probably not from God, okay? I've had lots of different things spoken to my life and there are some of them that I'm like, that is right on and I will grab hold of that. That brings confirmation, that brings peace, that's wonderful. And there are some of them that I'm like, cool story, bro. And you move on. So don't take everything to heart when someone says, but then also, Watch what you're saying, because sometimes what can happen is God can give you something to tell someone and you're going to say it, but then we run it through our mental capacity that is not supernatural and it becomes very opinionated and that becomes problematic. Our opinions save no one. They help no one. God's word brings freedom. God's word brings peace. God, God's word brings confirmation and direction. So it's very important with prophecy there. Okay. The last thing that it said there about prophecy is that um, it brings comfort. We help each other heal. We help each other heal. Prophecy helps each other heal. Healing is important to God. The Holy Spirit was sent specifically as a helper, as a comforter. It is important for us to be comforted. And that comes through prophecy that maybe something you say just helps someone heal. Help someone get through what they're going through. Again, it will be to the profit of all. So it's important with prophecy. Um, prophecy is not rebuking, judging, criticizing, um, control, manipulation. I'm always very careful with God says. Someone tells you God said this. I'm always very careful with that because I serve the same God and he would be telling me the same thing if God told you that. So I, I'm always cautious with that. That if you're gonna say God said, you better know God said, like with a burning bush. And I should be able to see it too. I'm pretty strict with God said. So be cautious with that, that if God said, make sure it really says, it will always line up with the word of God. 
always line up to the word of God and it will always line up with God's character. God will not speak something to someone to tell you that is not in his character. It will always be in his character. So cautious there as well. All right. Um, and we talked about the office of a prophet that is given by authority to speak. It brings strength and maturity to believers. If we look at Acts 21, 7, this is just a quick example of what the gift of prophecy at work, but we're gonna see the gift of prophecy, the spiritual gift of prophecy, and we're gonna see the office of prophet. Both of them we're gonna see here. And it says, and when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Guam, greeted by brethren and stayed with them one day. On the next day, we were only the ones that brought their Bible laughed. The rest of you are not reading along. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the evangelist who was one of the seven who stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Okay, all of his daughters, all four daughters prophesied. This is the spiritual gift of prophecy, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Okay, notice that's all it says. That's what happened, those three things. Now, if we continue, it says, and we stayed many days, a certain prophet, the office of prophet, the fivefold ministry prophet, okay? So we see two different gifts here. Um, named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet and said, thus saith the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jew, Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver them into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, when we heard these things, both we and those from the place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am not ready to be bound, but also die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying the will of the Lord be done. Okay, then this is the office of the prophet that brought a direct word for something that was going to happen in Paul's future. Do we see this? So we see the two sides of here where Paul, so then this guy not using the gift of prophecy that we just talked about, he is using a word of wisdom to be able to say, this is what's going to happen. He is revealing something to come to Paul. Okay, so do we see the two, two gifts in operation there? So just the biblical example of what that is. All right, moving on, I'm gonna combine the second and third ones together. And this is tongues and interpretation of tongues. This is another one of those scary ones. Remember, don't be scary just because grandma told you it was a cult. This is a good thing. Okay, tongues and interpretation of tongues. I wanna go back to 1 Corinthians 12 and read through that one more time. In, it says, to the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. Okay, I want us to kind of change our mindset about tongues here as well. Different kinds of tongues in the natural. Anybody speak multiple languages in here? No one speaks more than one language in all of this? Oh, Daniel does, there we go. I was like, come on, I know that there are more than one language in here. All right, so every, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, everybody should raise your hand, but um, all right. 
So different kinds of tongues. If we think about, okay, we speak Spanish, okay? You can speak German. You can speak, I don't actually know all the languages, Portuguese. Seems like a cool thing to learn, all right? So we can, we can speak English. You can speak like with a really cool British accent, and it's mostly English, but there's some differences. Um, okay, those are different kind of tongues in the natural. Those don't freak us out. So when we think about tongues, okay, we are spirit beings. When we receive salvation, our spirit is made alive to God, right? God is a spirit being. There is a spiritual language. So when we think about it, put that simply that we go, oh, I just want to speak the language of God. Because in our minds, how many of you guys think God speaks English? <laughs> you all thunk it, did you? You're like, oh, it's not actually in my Bible, is it? <laughs> huh. King James Version only. Okay. We think God speaks our language. But you know what? I'm pretty sure someone that speaks Spanish thinks he speaks their language too. And I'm pretty sure someone in China is pretty sure that God speaks their language. So we don't know what language God speaks, except we do. He has a spiritual language. So how cool that regardless of what language we speak, we can all speak the language of God. That's the simplicity of tongues. When we receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, we are speaking a spiritual language, okay? That is, again, to edify. It says that it builds us up when we don't know how to pray, how we ought to pray in the Spirit. Okay, tongues, not scary. Super cool to be able to speak the direct language of God without our own intellect getting in the way because it's hard for us to have normal people conversations without our intellect getting in the way. So it's really important that we're able to pray without our intellect. It's very important. So that is tongues there in a nutshell. Now the gift of tongues differs just a bit. And this is where the bad experiences come from. Because in order, oh, your grain's in the back of my pickup. <laughs> in order, when tongues is used in order, the gift of tongues, this is how cool it is, is that when in our normal operations, we talked about prophecy, we've talked about word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirit, normal operations, I need to pray something out that's not my language. I'm supposed to let something come out of my mouth that's not my own language. But then here's what happens. If the Holy Spirit wills for you to do that, he's going to also will for you or someone else to be able to interpret that tongue. That's when it is used in context and in order. This is not, everybody just go ahead and pray out loud in your prayer language during church right now and freak everyone out so we all have a bad experience, okay? That is out of order. In order is as the Spirit wills and he will not will to make it out of order. He will not will to make it confusing and he will not will to freak anybody out because that's not the kind of God we serve. He will will in order to profit all. That's the only time that it will be used in a public setting and there will be someone to interpret. But here's how cool, okay? Multiple stories that I have heard is that there's been meetings, there was one meeting and um, there was a, it was in a hotel, but it was super fancy hotel. And so they had their service meeting, but then in the back, they had to have a bar open for all the conference stuff. Well, they're all in this church service, so no one's at the bar. So the bartender comes in and is sitting in the back, but he's from um, Africa, like a small little segment in Africa where they only speak a certain language, but no one knows what that language is. So the service is going on and they're speaking and different people are speaking. Well, this guy that's speaking all of a sudden says this thing, this tongue 
out of his mouth. People think he's praying in tongues. People, he says it. Pretty soon this guy gets up, runs to the front and says, how do you know my language? This guy goes, I, I don't know your language. I don't even know where you're from. I don't even know who you are. And he said, well, how do you, you, you know my language? You just spoke my language. And this is what God told me through what you just said. So there was a tongue that ministered to this guy who interpreted what was said, but it was his language that this guy had no clue he was even talking about. And there's, I can tell you story after story in those situations that different people go, they spoke my language and God's never talked to me before. And this is the first time that I feel like God actually cares about me. Why? Because it was a gift of tongues and an interpretation that profited all and is evidence to who God is in the character of God. So do we see how that's not a scary thing? Okay, then there's our private prayer language. And this is our, our gift of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues that we can pray the Spirit. And as the Spirit wills, we can pray the divine perfect will of God in private. We can pray that constantly. When we need wisdom, when we don't know how to pray, there's been times that I've woke up in the middle of the night and I don't know what's going on, but I've got to pray right now. And I don't know what to pray. So I just start praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. One night, actually, Orin and I woke up. We're praying, 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 praying. I'm like, Orin, I don't know what's wrong. Who do we know that's even up at this hour that something could be going wrong? Like, I feel like putting a post on Facebook, like, everybody cool? But <laughs> praying, 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 praying. Tell calls, Orin, because they're about, Orin's supposed to be getting up at this time to go truck. Tell calls and goes, I went right through the middle of a herd of elk. I don't know how I didn't hit one of them, but they were everywhere. Okay, how cool though that we would wake up and pray. I don't know, a first thought on my mind was, Lord, part the sea of elk for tell. <laughs> that is not what I was praying. But I could pray in the Holy Spirit, which then edifies, which then profits, which then now I'm built up that situation was covered. And sometimes I wake up and pray and I don't know why I pray and I never find out. But there's multiple, multiple times, guys, it's a gift from the Holy Spirit that profits everyone. It profits everyone. So it is not a scary thing. It is something that God has given us divinely for us, specifically for us, for us to be able to be and accomplish and do everything that he's created us to do. Does that make sense? So I took a deep topic and tried to simmer it down the best as possible. So you can all stand with me because we're out of time as well. I know you thought we were just starting. <laughs>